This, 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 this is mythical. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. If you guys notice a little bit of a delay today, Nicole and I are each home for the holidays, but we took our fancy microphones home with us so you wouldn't be stuck podcastless. In what can only be described as an absolute butthole of a year, you may find yourself trying to reclaim holiday joy through food. So if you can trick your taste buds into thinking everything is fine, you'll be fine. We're all fine. Eat the green bean casserole and it'll all be fine. <laughs> Anyways, today we're racking our eggnoggin for the best holiday food. This is a hot dog as a sandwich. Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I put ice in my cereal, so what? That makes no sense. A hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what? Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, the show where we break down the world's biggest food debates. I'm your host, Josh Ayer. And I'm your host, Nicole Hendizade. And today we are talking about the best holiday food. So what what ha- what had happened here, Nicole, uh-huh. is we recently had a holiday called Thanksgiving, right? Sure where did. normally we sure did. We're, we're all, normally all the family comes around, you create this big old great meal that is steeped in some form of American tradition, at least. And I had made my favorite holiday casserole, which is green bean. It is yes, a I simple. <laughs> and you've, you still never had it? You made me form. make it one time? No, you made me make it one time. And I think I did a pretty good job, if you ask me. Uh, I just used three ingredients. It was a little bit of those frozen French green beans, and then a little bit of the canned, canned Campbell soup, and then a lot of French onions. I remember I, I criticized you for something, though. I was I like, no, no, no. I used, I used frozen I used frozen beans, and you said, you got to use canned, little lady. And I'm like, hey, don't call me little lady. Hey, Dutz, hey, Dutz, use the stuff in the can. It's cheaper. It'll shave margins by 5% as I took a long drag of an unfiltered cigarette indoors. Exactly. Uh, no, I, I, I do stand by that the canned green beans make the best. This year for Thanksgiving, I made my green beans fresh, which was a mistake. I tried to cook them in a lot of salt water for like 15 minutes until uh-huh. you didn't have to chew them to recreate the like effect of canned, but sure. it wasn't quite right. But that said, green bean casserole, three ingredients, green beans, condensed creamy mushroom soup, and French's fried onions, to me is one of those things that I will only eat once a year, possibly twice on Thanksgiving and Christmas, but it is like one of my favorite dishes. And so it got me thinking, what are these holiday specific dishes that you really crave, but you still will not actually eat it outside of the holiday season? Because there's a lot, if you think about it. But is green bean casserole, is that your answer? Green bean casserole? No, it's not because I had to do a lot of digging. I had to do okay. a lot of digging in my soul. Okay. So what what did you find out? I found out after a lot of soul searching. You know, uh-huh. I, I, I consulted my hypnotherapist. I consulted my astrologer. I consulted <laughs> my ast- astronomer. And they were like, sir, we, 
we don't do that. You're confusing us with astrology. And I was like, listen, Starboy, tell me what my favorite food is. That's uh, all the I, same person, right? All your hypnotherapist, your astronomer, and your astrologer are all the same person, right? Yeah, Carl. Found him on <laughs> Craigslist. <laughs> he's, he's a good dude. Yeah, yeah, he got yeah. A, he got a studio apartment in Van Nuys. He does all, all three out of them. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. No, he got one of those like uh, telescopes that he got on QVC. A Carl of all trades, if you will. (laughs) Uh, Stuffing. The answer is stuffing for me. Stuffing (laughs) is... (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) Carl told me that. Why? Carl was like... (laughs) Don't laugh. Nicole, this is a holiday tradition. I have like positive emotions associated with stuffing. You're laughing. (laughs) Why is it stuffing? (laughs) Why? I think the same reason you laughed is the same reason why it's my favorite holiday food. Okay. Because it's 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 the most nonsensical food. Right? Wet bread. It, it's wet bread. It's wet bread. It's like wet bread soaked in animal fat and juice and then just like hydrated. Also, yeah, you yeah, could yeah. you could literally like microwave stuffing, which makes it infinitely funnier to me. Right? <laughs> like you could everyone You could serve microwaved stuffing, is that what you're trying to say? Well, you could make the perfect stuffing in the microwave as well, because oh. all you need to do, you just need the bread to, like, hydrate from the juices, and you need some of that to evaporate, so the bread's, like, this perfect, like, kind of wet but dry, amor- amorphous, solid consistency. Because, yeah. like, stove Non-Newtonian fluid. Stuffing is a non-Newtonian <laughs> fluid. <laughs> it's a non- and once, it, once you chew it in your mouth, and it just dissolves into, like, a slime, you know? It's, it's beautiful. It is absolutely delicious, and I know so many people that love stuffing, However, for centuries, Nicole, centuries, the stuffing industry, big stuffing, the lobbyist group has been trying to get people to eat stuffing year round and they can't because it is such a nonsensical food that you only eat during the holidays. And to me, that is the essence of what a perfect holiday food is. I don't even care about my opinion right now because stuffing is so, there's so many iterations of stuffing that's like bothering me. Do you, okay, okay, your ideal stuffing, explain it to me. Number Mm. one, is it stuffed inside of an animal or is it served in a casserole dish? Mm. Absolutely, absolutely not. Stuffing has nothing to do with actually stuffing inside of an animal anymore. It is simply wet bread. I make it in a casserole dish. Okay. Uh, I bake it, but now that I'm thinking about it, I wish I would have just microwaved it. I get really simple. I've made a lot of complicated stuffings. I've done like the oyster and cornbread stuffing with of toasted course. hazelnuts. Yeah. I've done all that. But to me, to me, that distracts from the beauty of stuffing, which is animal fat and wet bread. So okay. I take, I, t- I actually used um, lodge bread this year. Okay. Because uh, I happened to have a bunch of pre-cubed up, dried out lodge bread after I made croutons from an old loaf. So sure. I had that because I was just doing the Thanksgiving dinner for two, right, with me and Julia. Um, and I, I took the turkey drippings and I put that in a pot with a bunch of sautéed mirepoix, a little extra chicken stock, a little straight up MSG, and then like random poultry herbs, sage, thyme, uh, a lot of black pepper in there, uh, and then a little bit of nutmeg. And then I tossed it in all of the bread and then I baked it off just until it was that perfect non-Newtonian solid, all the liquid soaked up inside the bread. And it was easily the best thing on the table. Like, we all agreed that the stuffing was by far the best thing on the table. We all. You and Julia. <laughs> and her cat. Her cat who has become our surrogate son that we talked Pippin. to. Pippin. 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 Pippin the cat. It. So funny. Okay, that's really interesting. So it's been five, five six minutes into the podcast. <laughs> Are you going to ask me what mine is? Or is this just the Josh show? Yeah, Nicole, why is your favorite holiday food also stuffing? <laughs> Please answer in 30 seconds or less. <laughs> okay, it's not stuffing, but it's definitely a carb. It's panettone. That is the most 80-year-old named Blanche answer 
I've ever heard. They're like, oh, my, my, my best gal friend Maeve dated an Italian man in 1946, and he introduced me to panettone. And Dude, that, like, it's delicious. Come on. It's like Fruitcake's classier cousin that studied abroad in Italy. <laughs> it's like Fruitcake's worst cousin, in my opinion. Worst? It's just, it's just like dry bread with some like it's fruit. It's not in. dry. Wait, wait, wait. It's not dry. It's beautifully hydrated. It has a tinge of sourness, and it has it's studded with candied fruit and nuts and chocolate sometimes. And then if you go to Italy, you can get it stuffed with tiramisu filling and candied oranges. And the world of panettone is so beautiful and so vast, just like stuffing, Josh. Except mine is classier. Like everything else in life, mine is a little classier than yours. I'm not going to argue against the classiness on this. Anything said in an Italian accent is infinitely classier, and you can't say stuffing with an Italian. Like, a stuffing. A stuffing. Oh, I'm Giardi De Laurentiis, and today we are making a stuffing. It just doesn't quite work. No, but, but panettone is beautiful. Can I tell you why? It's the perfect leftover, too. Have you ever made a panettone panini with your leftover meats inside of it? No, that sounds uh, brutal in the best way. Yeah, like, okay, imagine candied, this. Like a candied fruit and meat sandwich? <laughs> okay, you know, when you say it like that, it doesn't sound as appetizing. No, no, fruit, fruit meat Fruit meat is great. I, Because, Nicole, you're uh, in Persian culture, fruit meat is big. I eat a lot of fruit meat. So much fruit meat. I love fruit meat. Of fruit got, meat. got the barberries with the, the chicken and the tachin. Yeah, I just had that the other day, actually. It was real good. I'm, I'm so jealous. I've been eating tacos for the last six days straight. Sorry. Kind of sick mom. of it. Listen, if you want, my mom can <laughs> dr- give you some. She can drive it to you. She has nothing send, to do. Send Shallow over here. We never hang out. Me and your mom never hang out anymore. Yeah, anymore? <laughs> oh, Nicole. <laughs> how often How often do you eat panettone? I only get it for the season. It's only around during the holiday season because... But it's like every year you look forward to it. Of course, yeah. Well, I used to get the Trader Joe's stuff, which is also really, really dank. But I've matured <laughs> into getting the $40 panettone loaf in Italy. Yes. Wait, hold on, hold on. That's a game changer. <laughs> this this loaf of dry fruit cake... It's from costs, Italy! costs $40? It's from You're getting Italy. a scam. You know how much it costs to make stuffing? Like 38 cents if you do yeah, it Yeah, right. no, you're a scam. <laughs> no, you know what? Sometimes during the holiday season, you need to do something a little special for yourself. Maybe it's locking yourself in a room and recording a podcast. Maybe it's getting a $40 panettone from, from the local Italian shop. You don't know my life. This is our form of self-care, to, to get on a Zoom call and yell at each other a little second home. <laughs> Exactly. I think panettone is special in the way that it's a gift. It comes in a beautiful box. You unwrap the box and it's this gorgeous loaf. And then have you ever have you ever seen a video of panettone being made? How they flip it upside down and they let No, never. This is the most panettone exposure. I've only had the panettone from Trader Joe's. And I bought that like once. I think I've had panettone once in my life. I got it from Trader Joe's when I was like a kid because I was like, oh my God, look at this delicious moist cake filled with fruits and nuts. And then I sliced it in and I was like, oh, that's called old bread. That's okay. It's not old. It, it's, <laughs> it's, it's delicious with a cup of coffee, an espresso, a little bit of warm milk. It's phenomenal. <laughs> you know how I only enjoy wet foods though. <laughs> okay, I'd dip make... it in the coffee, bro. What do you mean? Do you think my body doesn't produce enough saliva? That's not true because I see you talk a lot. And sometimes when you talk too much, you kind of get some spitballs in the side of your mouth. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm talking about food a lot. I talk about food a lot and my mouth waters when I talk. I shouldn't have to apologize for that. No, I'm saying your saliva production from my viewpoint is normal. <laughs> Nicole, I think your saliva production is also normal. And I think Thank it's important you. for coworkers to be able to say that to each other. You know? I think it's important for our workflow. You yeah. Know, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what are we talking do you about? Need, Pan- do you need to go to a doctor? You need to go to a glandular doctor? I, d- I do need to go to a doctor. May- I- I've had some gland issues before. Um, <laughs> you, you don't know, sweat. <laughs> you don't sweat from your armpits. I don't, I only sweat from my lower body. Um, well, below the belly button is what I consider lower body. Because <laughs> there's that's the prime range is in between belly button and legs is where the sweat comes. And it's so mostly in you, the back. So when you work out, like your chest uh-huh. doesn't get sweaty. No. Do your well, arms get sweaty? Hold on, hold on. So the chest will get sweaty a little bit from sweat dripping down because I sweat from my head. Let's be clear. And then I sweat from below my belly button. But there, but there is about a, I'm measuring now, about a two and a half foot gap in which sweat does not go. And also, but you know, eventually if you get so sweaty, this is going somewhere. It's not, but let's roll with it. Eventually you'll get so sweaty that your whole body is covered in sweat because if you're upside down, the sweat's coming from your lower body, soaking your chest. If you're right side up, the sweat is coming from your head. But when I was bigger, I used to have very prominent nipples, like kind of conically shaped nipples. And so my shirt, the nipples, the sweat can never crest the the areola to get to the nipples and so i would just have dry spots on my nipples when i sweat and i would get made fun of in high school by my teammates oh i'm sorry but yeah i do think your glandular problem might be connected to the lack of saliva that you produce which is why you like wet foods which is why you like stuffing but not everybody is built like you josh i understand i understand wait a second stuffing (laughs) is actually nasty when i think about it have you ever had bad stuffing where people just put like raw carrots and like chestnuts and stuff and like cornbread and you're just like what are you doing kathleen yeah no no no. that's my that's my family that's why i'm not allowed back at thanksgivings (laughs) anymore uh or it's why everyone doesn't talk to me is because i talk crap on their thanksgiving food on twitter once and i didn't know that that one of their dental practices followed me on Twitter. Oh, I, I hope no. I hope the dental practice is doing fine. But uh, you know, but they did bring stuffing with just a bunch of raw cranberries sliced in half and tossed in there. Yeah, and I like, never people, understood that. No, stop. That's what I'm saying. People overcomplicate stuffing. But to me, the best part of stuffing is its pure simplicity. That it is wet bread, it's animal fat, and it's a food that you would never eat in any other time of the year. Do you think okay, Panettone would be doing as, that? Who's doing what? Who's who's doing that simplicity simplicity that you're talking about? Sto- I would I would venture to guess that a majority of Americans are eating stovetop stuffing or Mrs. Cubison's. Mrs. Cubison's okay. in stovetop. Mrs. Cubison is the Laura Scudder and stovetop is the Skippy. Oh my god, I love you know? Laura Scudders. It's wow, a, what a like, great reference. Thanks for doing that for me. Yeah. I'm good at analogies. That's why I got a good SAT score. Um, oh, wow. Wait a second. No, 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 your no, 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 hold on. Yeah, don't take that out of context. Back to my glandular disorder and why I like wet bread. I believe it slides down the throat easy without the lubrication of saliva, making it better than panettone. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast.
if panettone were available year round, would you still eat it? Or is it strictly the scarcity? Mm, that's a great question. You know, I've never lived in a world where panettone has been around uh, year long. So I in, can't really answer that. Is it is it strictly a holiday thing in Italy as well? Do you know? I think so. I think it's, 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 a, it's a seasonal thing. Like who eats fruitcake in July? That's true, dude. I do love fruitcake is one of those foods like Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. It got so maligned through pop culture for yeah. all of us growing up. You know, like, oh, a fruitcake, you pass it around as a gift, it's gross, and all that. Fruitcake is absolutely delicious. Like, the real Mm -hmm. dense stuff with just, like, the nuts and all the candied fruit and all the spices is soaked in brandy. Yeah, good brandy soak. That's exactly what I was just about to say. Yeah, that is some good stuff. But you still think panettone is better than that? I do because it's not sickly sweet. It can take on multiple forms. Mm. It's it's a chameleon of studded fruitcakes. (laughs) Does that work? That works. I think it does work. I think there's, I have not been able, I don't think it's actually glandular related, but like typically like dry crusty pastries that are pretty popular. I mean, in the US, of course, but also I think like outside, right? Like that whole culture where you'll eat like a concha and you'll like dip it mm-hmm. into the cafe de Oya, you know, stuff yep. like that, where I'm, I'm so, I rarely ever sit down to enjoy a meal. Okay. If that makes sense. You know, I like I never. saying. I never languish with my cup of coffee and I never get to like enjoy that panettone. And if I am eating something for like pure enjoyment's sake, like a Thanksgiving dinner, like stuffing, it is typically just like a gigantic mess of foods with no pretense around it. And I am just absolutely slurping down. I ate a pound and a half of turkey this Thanksgiving. (laughs) Why? Just 24 ounces. It was so good because one, I, I used our method that we found out on Myth Munchers, the greatest name show of all time, where Agreed. you wet brine and then you baste the heck out of it in butter all the time. And wow, what a delicious turkey breast that was. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I like uh, these kind of small foods with cultural ritual around them. Like you dip it in the coffee and you're enjoying good conversation and it's a gift. It's something that doesn't speak to my personal interests. <laughs> also, well, I've given stuffing as a gift. <laughs> Well, you know, panettone is meant to be given as a gift. You do know that, right? That's lame. When they're the holiday, you were saying, (laughs) "Take it away, boss." I saw you shaking your head. You were upset about something. What? No, no, no. I, I was saying, like, if it's a culturally prescribed gift, to me, it means less. Whereas stuffing means a lot because you're not supposed to give stuffing as a gift, and that's why it's important, right? It's like getting an obligatory, obligatory Red Lobster gift card from Nan on Christmas. Like, it's nice to have, but it's like how much. Thought was in, I'm just flaming my entire family. I love my Red Lobster gift card from Nana. But you know what I mean? Like, how much thought did it take to send a gift card or a panettone versus like, hey, I made you a, a personally customized stuffing, which I did while trying to court a woman in college, and she thought it was really weird. So I guess I see your point. <laughs> so I just showed Listen, up to her door with a tray of stuffing. I'll tell you the truth. When If someone gives me a homemade gift, wow, I love that so much more than something like a gift card. But at the same time, you giving me stuff in for my birthday? You're weird, bro. No, no, but what if, Nicole, what if I took all the elements of your personality, all the things that made Nicole <laughs> Nicole, and, and I was able to put that into a brick of wet bread? Is that do not, it. like, do it right beautiful? Now. Josh, do it right now. Do it right now. I know what I- Make me into stuffing right now. I want to know what, what components of me goes into the stuffing. You brought okay, so, this upon so yourself. Okay, so one, one you're, a very, you're a very elegant person, right? So I'm probably going to need to use some sort of elegant shape, right? I wouldn't just microwave the stuffing for you, Nicole. I would take, like, um, you know the bunt pans that we have that aren't shaped just like a normal bunt cake, but they got the very intricate design? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would take that and I would use that as my vehicle. 
practical. Of course, you got to use some sort of nice, elegant, fancy bread. I might, you know, go to Clark Street and get a bunch of brioche. I think when you dehydrate brioche, it really soaks up flavors. And then, you know, I, I don't want to define you by your cultural heritage, but I would probably, you know, throw some sort of nods in there, right? A little bit of fenugreek, maybe a little bit of preserved lime just for that little bit of acid right and then you know maybe go a little bit bougier on the root vegetables hit hit you up with some fennel in there instead of onion use some of those like purple rainbow carrots maybe a little bit of radish involved you know i don't know but what i'm saying it doesn't this see <laughs> isn't this beautiful what, what are you gonna do with the panettone oh i put a different fruit in there no get out of here. stuffing is the most elegant and communicative food <laughs> You can't even say it with a straight face. (laughs) Why don't you call it dressing? Why do you call it stuffing? I feel like if you call it dressing, then you are acknowledging the possibility that you may one day stuff it into a bird, which I will never do. Really? You know what I'm saying? So dressing is the mentality that it's going into a bird, but stuffing isn't? That doesn't make any sense. No, 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 no. The opposite, the opposite, the opposite. Oh, the opposite, the opposite, opposite. Typically, and I believe in the South, this is what they do, where if it's not inside the bird, they call it dressing. Mm-hmm. But if it's inside the bird, they call it stuffing. Obviously, that makes sense. But that implies, if you're saying dressing, that implies that the possibility that you would have stuffed this into a bird, like you're not calling it stuffing because you didn't stuff it into a bird, whereas I was never, ever going to stuff anything into a bird, meaning I don't even need the category of dressing in my life. Got it. So I'm reclaiming stuffing because I will never stuff it into a bird. I did stuff a whole chicken with a, a stuffing made from Domino's pizza. That was pretty good. We be oh I don't feel good. Uh, I ate a lot of eggs. Uh, we may never see. <laughs> I'll keep that one in the edit, Nicole. We may never see eye to eye on panettone versus stuffing. I just don't have enough panettone experience. I am very interested in in eating this tiramisu filled panettone and paying forty dollars for it because I think if you spend a lot of money on food, it feels more special. Okay, okay. Let me tell you this. What if I got you a twenty two pound panettone for three hundred and forty nine dollars by? For sorry, and also it had a. Uh, let me tell you what it has in it. It has a uh, orange peel, raisins, and citron in a borsari box. You want one of these? Yeah, yeah. Send, send it. When's it gonna get here? Uh, I don't know, but there's also wait. There's so many. I'm looking online right now. There's one at Neiman Marcus for forty eight dollars. There's a limited edition panettone by the Flamingo Estate for seventy five dollars. What do you mean this- limited edition? Pan- of all food is limited edition. It, it goes no, bad. It's not. No, it's not. What do you mean? What do you mean a limited edition panettone? That's like a <laughs> hype means- drop, like they're doing Yeezys for dry fruit bread? Yes, that's exactly it. Yo, look at I it. Ca- this is the tiramisu one. I know you guys can't see it, but dude, look at this. It has little striations of tiramisu filling inside. <sighs> Doesn't that just Man. make you feel all good on the inside? Makes your giblets all jiggly? My giblets are jiggling right now, Nicole. <laughs> they're jiggling. I... <laughs> I did not know that that the world of Panettone was this vast. I didn't know that there was like so much, you know, cultural meaning kind of shoved in there and how cool you could make it. I am, I am genuinely serious. Like I <laughs> I want to immerse myself into Panettone culture now. I'm telling stu- you, it's Stuffing really culture isn't much. No, no, that's not true. I'm sure stuff, you just told me you would make me into a beautiful uh, Clark Street bread studded with saffron, whatever. But like that also exists in the panettone world. At the end yeah. of the day, panettone is a vessel and your creativity that you pour into it is what makes it unique. Same goes for stuffing. I think that's where you and I actually have a little bit of, um, what is it called when two things come together? Unity? F- y- U-N-I-T-Y. <laughs> yeah, we have unity. U-N-I-T-Y, that's a unity. Um, shout out Queen Latifah coming yeah. on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 
you're saying that we are the same, and if it weren't for my potential glandular disorder that causes possibly a lack of saliva, then we may enjoy the same holiday food. Exactly, Josh. It's one of my favorite mantras, actually. Repeat after me. Same, same, but different. Same, same, but different, considering a possible glandular disorder. I'm telling you. Look at that. We're the same. what are other what are other contenders? What are other holiday food contenders for uh, you? Well, also, there's something you should know. I am a child of immigrants, so everything that I enjoy is is seen through a specific filter. So when you say stuffing, stuffing is something very new to me. Because we traditionally don't do stuffing. We just take uh, cherry rice and shove it in a turkey or a bird and call it a day. An albalupolo? Uh, yeah, pretty much, yeah. And that's kind of all of my knowledge of stuffing before I went to my first quote-unquote not Persian Thanksgiving. And I was like, whoa, crazy. <laughs> What's this wet bread? Um, Are there any- another thing. I don't know. I mean, lot- latkes are a big one. Oh, yeah. Well, Hanukkah. Latkes are huge. Love a good latka. I love a good sufganyot. I love sufganyot. Uh, I didn't grow up eating sufganyot. We would just get jelly donuts from the local Cambodian-owned donut shop and then call it sufganyot. That's the same thing. And I'm thing. fine with it. It's yeah. the same thing. Of course it is. Sufganyot is just a jelly donut. There's nothing else special about it. Except one time I made a banana and Nutella sufganyot in my own comfort of my own home. Wow, it was good. Someone brought something up uh, about the Bacon is Bacon Overrated podcast. That was because we were trying to figure out what the the food now that is super overrated and and everything. And someone Uh mentioned Nutella. Someone mentioned Nutella. (gasps) And I think avocado could also probably be in that category as well. I love avocado more oh, than anything. Oh, flaming hot so. Cheetos, flaming hot Cheetos. What, where were all these good answers for us when we we're actually recording that podcast? I don't know. I don't know. Lost in the sauce, I guess. Lost in the sauce. Uh, what I started doing with latkes to me, to me, which sort of disempowered them. I still absolutely love latkes entirely, and latkes are different. Shout out to Helen Rosner on Twitter who said that the best latkes are hash browns from Denny's, um, <laughs> which I <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree with. But to me, a good latke shouldn't be completely crispy. There's got to be a little bit of squish from the onion wet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's I don't be like that my latkes too crispy. Yeah. I also started uh, in my first year in culinary school, I made latkes for everybody because I was the only Jewish kid. And then I put <laughs> duck fat in them. It was really good. It was a good time. Is that kosher? I guess it's pretty much just uh, Why pretty not? much just, just schmaltz. It's duck schmaltz. It's schmaltz yeah. that went to grad school. It's just schmaltz. It's all just schmaltz, Josh. But I started I started making latkes year-round because I was like, uh-huh. look, I got potatoes. I got other root vegetables. I was using butternut squash. I made some beet latkes that were really dank. And Yum. to me, it kind of it kind of took the specialness away from like a good Hanukkah latke because now when I'm going to be making latkes – you know, I'm going to I'm going to be like, well, I, I've had these. I had these in May where stuffing to me. I don't have that. I refuse to make it outside of Thanksgiving, potentially Christmas. I eat latkes all the time. Persians call them kuku sibzamini. <laughs> kuku sibzamini? Yeah. Sibzamini means apple from under the ground. <laughs> Whoa. So like like pomme de terre, like the, exactly. literally the translation in French as well. Interesting. Exactly. So we have kuku sibzamini like once <laughs> once a month at my house. So I eat latkes all the time too. So I guess that's why they're not that special to me. But I guess sufganyot is special because my mom doesn't allow us to have anything <laughs> above the limit of sugar in our house. So like the fact that we have sufganyot <laughs> in the house is a trip. Like if there's sufganyot in the house, it's gone in like 60 seconds. So I that's guess, so yeah. Mooncakes. <gasps> well, For- I don't know if you know this. My dad would go to China once every three months. Did you know that? No. My dad- That's very cool. Would go to China so much 
that <laughs> he literally would bring like it was amazing like he would go to china so much we would have mooncakes once a year from china yeah when i when i lived in little saigon for the tet festival um uh i suppose the, the vietnamese version of chinese new year is that uh-huh. what I don't know if I'm being culturally accurate, um, but yeah, we used to get the the mooncakes with the the salted egg yolk inside. Yeah, and it's just this this just like beautiful pastry crust around just like you know this kind of like wet filling of like nuts and bean paste, and then the the salted egg yolk just cuts right through it. That is a fantastic holiday only tradition. Wow, I think I like mooncakes more than I like panettone. I think I like mooncakes more than I like stuff. I, I my mouth is literally <laughs> Nicole. I don't have a glandular <laughs> disorder. My mouth Yay! is watering. It's it's filled with saliva thinking about mooncakes. Dude, yeah, I think I think mooncakes might be my favorite holiday thing. Well, when we think about holidays, what about a box of chocolates from Russell Stover's? Oh, that's a good one. No, there's there's a my shout shout out to Nana out there in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Uh, well, she's in Florida now, but she's uh-huh. in Allentown. There's a local chocolate maker, I believe, called Joshua Early. Maybe wow, they were is like that who you were named after. Yeah, I was named after the Russell Stover of Allentown, Pennsylvania. <laughs> and we used to we used to get the box of those chocolates. And I remember when I was a kid, like trying to like leave all the harder caramels for my brother because I just wanted the sweet gushy buttercreams. Uh huh. That's a special thing. And again, never had any of those outside the holidays. What are some other foods we eat? Well, I'm thinking about like, you know, my Christmas tradition. So like, you know, I grew up, obviously my mom is Jewish and my dad is <laughs> like white. Um, <laughs> just like American, like not Christian at all, but you know, like Christmas celebrating American person. Um, yeah. So, you know, we used to grow up just eating like garbage ham on, on Christmas. Uh, but now my brother and I have really made it a point to take up the Chinese food on Christmas Oh, thing. sure. Yeah. And so for the last couple of years, we've gone to this. Um, it's a, a Uyghur restaurant in, yes. in Laguna Hills, California from the Xinjiang province. Um, so it's like Chinese halal food. Very cool. You get a lot of Jews there, too, because uh, halal and kosher share a lot of the same rules. And so we've been eating like halal Chinese food. Uh, That's awesome. On the last couple of Christmases, which is absolutely fantastic. They got that like puffy sesame scallion bread. Mm, so good. Tofu in the brown sauce. I unfortunately have never had Uyghur food, but I've always wanted to try it. Ugh, so good. Oh my God, the cumin lamb. Nicole, you gotta get down with the cumin lamb on Jewish Christmas. Okay, fine, I'm down. Tell me when and where to go. Oh, uh, next year, Nicole. Next year in Jerusalem. Um, <laughs> next year in a Uyghur restaurant. <laughs> <In> a <laughs> next year in a Uyghur restaurant in South Orange County. Other honorable mentions. I feel like as as this comes to a close, we need a eggnog. Ugh, what? Ew. I tried it once. It tastes like weird throw up. <laughs> I like weird throw up. It's like a creme anglaise. Uh, pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie. Got that, that got to be up there. You know I like pumpkin pie. Tamales. Tamales aren't aren't Christmas specific though. Tamales are are just a thing that's like common in the holidays. And I, I always make sure tamales. to get one. Get one at El Pollo Loco every time they do tamale fest. They do tam what? <laughs> El Pollo also, Loco has tamales? It's crazy. Oh, my God. They they do uh, they deep fry a tamale and put it on a bowl of rice and call it a crispy tamale bowl. You got to get down to the El Pollo Loco for Christmas. Okay. Uh, Japan, Japan, they go to KFC for Christmas. That's a big thing. That, and they yeah. make like a whole show of it. I like that. Popeye's started doing uh, Now we're just getting into the fast food discussion. <laughs> but yeah, Popeye's does a Cajun, whole Cajun turkey now, I think. Yeah, I've seen the I've seen the ads for it. Looks yeah, good. You got the Jewish brisket. Brisket never been my favorite. You got the Timmis. I don't need Simmons. I don't need Russell Simmons. <laughs> Russ- <laughs> I don't need Gene Simmons on the holidays. Oh. I guess that's just an Ashkenazi thing. <laughs> what I think we've learned today, Nicole, is that 
I should go to a medical doctor. Agreed. That's probably it. And also, I really want to get into panettone. And I love that there are so many traditions from so many different cultures around certain holidays. And it really does make food more important. And especially during these uncertain times, which if I get another email from a publicist that says during these uncertain times, I'm going (laughs) to bash my head into a wall just to make it a little bit more certain. Um, But, you know, it is something that I think people can kind of like reclaim a sense of normalcy and kind of remind themselves of traditions. And for me, that tradition just happens to be wet bread. But I'm excited to also get into your dry fruit bread tradition. I have a great idea. How about I buy you a nice, beautiful panettone? We turn it into a bread pudding, which is which is stuffing, which is stuffing, but sweet. Good idea. as, as As a brilliant mind once said to me, same, same, but different. Insofar as you have a glandular disorder potentially. But again, not confirmed because I should see a doctor. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, Nicole, we've heard what you and I have to say. Now it's time to find out what other wacky ideas are rattling out there in the internet. It's time for a segment we call Opinions Are Like Casseroles. All right, so we got at Morgan Kip three two three. Almost everyone puts too much milk on their cereal. The best ratio is seventy eight percent cereal and two percent milk. I don't know if they meant twenty two percent milk or if they just think that every bowl of cereal should be eighty percent and the twenty percent is negative space to prevent. You overflow. need negative space. No, you need negative space. This makes sense to me mathematically but, in my head. <laughs> okay, so uh, do they mean by volume? So if you're going like one cup of Fruit Loops, which is going to be, again, a majority air, and then one cup of milk, or are you talking about like 400 grams of Fruit Loops versus 400 grams of milk? Because those are, those are two very different things. Two very different things. I will say that. Uh, you know, whenever you say, are you trying to get me to graph a parabola right now? Because that's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know uh, what you, you, take, no, no, you take the sine curve and then you set that on a negative regression analysis. Um, I will say what I used to do, there was a, um, a pay by weight yogurt bar, like before yogurt land took over everything. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. near my high school and they have like Captain Crunch and stuff, right? Uh-huh. And so I used to just fill a large bowl of Captain Crunch. I would pay about 30 cents because it's by weight and it weighs nothing. Then I'd uh-huh. go to the Starbucks next door and I would pour the free milk into my cereal and I got a bowl of cereal for 30 cents. And that's just smart. That's economics. Yeah, for sure. Are you the guy that wrote the book Freakonomics? Is that you? That is me. The one with the apple and the orange and it's like sewn together? That's you, huh? Yeah, yeah, the hockey players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, they're all hot. You got to be hot to be a hockey player. That's what that guy said. That's what I remember from that book. Um, I I think (laughs) I see what they're saying with putting too much milk on the cereal because an intricate part of the cereal eating process is that the milk is then flavored at the end. If you put too much milk, it's going to be too dilute. But if you put too much milk in your cereal and you got too much leftover milk, it's not flavored enough. You just pour more cereal into that spent milk. Yes. Uh, yes. I eat old people milk, so all of my cereals are dry. So this uh, this opinion does not have to do with me at all. So whatever. I'm an old person, Nicole. Can you milk me? 
<laughs> Stop. Let's see what's next. That person who reads books, cheddar is the best cheese, and you can quote me on that. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like cheddar. Yeah, we literally did quote you on that. Um, it's yeah. okay. I like it. It's not, I mean, like, you really want to get into, like, the inner workings of, like, cheeses. Like, yeah, like, it's just the, it's the best all-purpose cheese. <laughs> But, like, it's yeah, not but, the best cheese. Uh, you no, know, you know what? I'd probably disagree. I'd say Monterey Jack. I think Monterey Jack melts better. Oh. I I recently got a sharp cheddar that I was very excited. Tillamook. I love Tillamook cheese. Yeah, I love yeah. me a good sharp cheddar. But it, had, it, it was too sharp to melt properly. Mm-hmm. So I tried broiling it on something, and it just broke. And oh. I was like, man, never would have happened with Monterey Jack. Okay, I take that back. Colby Jack is my favorite <laughs> cheese because I remembered that I'm a Gemini and Colby Jack is the Gemini of cheese. <laughs> well, cheddar, cheddar is a cancer. Very, you know, you're right. You got the sharpness that can screw it all up. You got this, the like mild one and meek and mild. No one likes that. So yeah, cancers are cheddar cheese, Geminis or Colby Jack. What are you, a Taurus? Taurus yeah, yeah. is American craft singles. <laughs> I see you've been talking to my astrologer, astronomer, <laughs> Craigslist friend. Thank you. Carl. His name is Carl. Carl, Carl and Van Nuys. I forgot his name. I wanted to call him Craig, but that was just the list that I found him on. All right. We got at Earth to Erica, Eggo waffles plus Kraft American cheese slices <laughs> smothered in syrup. Yup. Nope. I don't. Nope. I don't know. No. Nope. I don't know if this is a yup. You know what this is, though? This is just like a vegetarian McGriddles. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> That's what wow. This is. Oh wow, you're right. You know how Maybe like when vegetarians is, yes. when vegetarian well, I don't I don't prefer McGriddles, but you know when vegetarians go to In N Out and they're like, give me a grilled cheese and all that is is a, a hamburger without the hamburger. Yeah, I love the grilled cheese. I used to be a grilled cheese girl up until like 2011. So skirt. It's no, it's great. I like putting I like putting fries in it, but that's what this is. That's like if you go to to McDonald's. I guess you know it's waffles, not not McGriddle pancakes, whatever. But you'd be like, yo, give me a McGriddles without the egg and without the sausage. And then you just get like cheese and syrup and pancakes, which is not a flavor that I particularly enjoy, but I respect your want for it. I think you're correct. I think initially I was like, ew, this is disgusting. But now when you break it down to what it actually is, I'm down. I'm down AF. <laughs> Molins SC00. Bread and butter pickles are the best pickles. All my friends hate them, but they are my favorite. So you guys have a group chat where you talk about your least favorite pickles. That's crazy, bro. <laughs> you ain't got a pickle chat? I'm on pickle no. chat. Pickle chat sounds like a dirty app. I don't like that. Pickle chat. Uh, my favorite pickles? Um, a kosher dill. Kosher Big dill. Old kosher dill. Maybe a spicy kosher dill. You know there's a rapper called Kosher Dills? No, are they any good? Uh. <laughs> that, that's, a res- that's a resounding yes from Nicole. I don't, now we're I don't never know. Gonna, we're never going to get kosher dills on the show if you have an attitude like that. No, I've, I've never actually you gotta heard hype them. kosher dills music. I just know that they exist. Yeah, bread and butter pickles a l- l- little too sweet for my taste. They have they have their place occasionally, but it's not my favorite. Shani CB23. Why do I have to drink more water when I drink so much tea mm. that has water in it? Are you talking about how like there's a recommended eight glasses of water a day situation? Is this what this is? They are, and I agree. I have never agreed with an opinion casserole more. Okay, well, like yeah, I I think staying hydrated is really important, and I feel like you can determine what your hydration is. Like, it can be fizzy bubalech, what I call LaCroix. Thank you. It can be you. tea. It can be maybe not coffee because I know coffee has dehydrating qualities in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, something like tea or iced tea. Or be- Diet Coke. Cause, no, no. <laughs> no, no, because here's the thing. Diet Coke, no. the number one ingredient is water. 
Josh, I am if, not. Go- I'm if, not going to argue about. Hold that on, hold on, hold on. You, you can break this down into like different properties. Like every time, say you eat like a giant salad filled with iceberg lettuce, right? That's like 95 percent water, or whatever. Like you're getting hydrated from that salad. So say okay. you drink a diet coke. You can break that down into like if you separated the ingredients from a diet coke and consumed them separately, right? Uh-huh. Then that's the same thing as just drinking a can of diet coke. So if you drink, uh-huh. you know, say 12 ounces of diet coke, that would be 11 and a half ounces of just pure water. I don't know and about then, all and that. And then, and then you got to weigh, uh, are the other things you're doing dehydrating you? Caffeine. Caffeine can dehydrate you, but there's not nearly enough in there to actually dehydrate you. You got a little bit of sodium, which can actually help you retain water. Hello, Gatorade. <laughs> uh, it's got electrolytes in it. And then a bunch of, you know, uh, what we could colloquialize into the term poison yes, in artificial poison. sweeteners. But it's poison. delicious. No, you can drink all the tea you want, all the Diet Coke you want. You never have to drink plain water. Uh, I haven't drank plain water in years. A disclaimer, we are not doctors. We are not nutritionists. We are just two podcasters looking for a place to talk. We are not doctors yet. (laughs) We need to go to medical school to be doctors, Josh. Neither of us have the education background to be considered doctors. We can still go back. I saw that Rodney Dangerfield movie. I am not... I am not going to... What is that movie called? I don't know. I think it's Back to School. I am not going to Rodney Dangerfield my way into medical school. Sorry. Not right now. I am. All right. At Def Jam, sour cream can replace mayonnaise in almost every application. This is simply (laughs) a lie. I have tried. When I am out of of mayonnaise, I have tried using sour cream. It does not have the salt content. It does not have the fat content. They are two completely different condiments that look somewhat similar because they both white and creamy. I agree. I don't think sour cream can take the place of mayonnaise. It can. It creates a different flavor profile when you add that tanginess. I don't think it does the same thing as mayonnaise. They want it mm-hmm. to do the same thing as mayonnaise, mm-hmm. but it doesn't do the same thing as mayonnaise. Mm-hmm, so they're mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. lying to themselves. They're lying to themselves to make themselves feel better because hating mayo is like such a personality trait. You know, it's not that important for you to hate mayo. Like no one's going to hate you because you like mayo. So stop hating on mayo for no reason. It's really annoying and stop it. Just stop it. Get her. <coughs> <coughs> Junkyard dog, baby. <coughs> <laughs> Hating since 87, great name. Uh, salmon raw tastes far superior than salmon cooked, no matter which way it may be cooked or seasoned. Uh, uh, okay, so one time I went to this sushi bar in Glendale next to this wedding boutique, and it, I forgot what it's called, but I had the best sashimi of my life there. Literally, I ate the salmon and it melted in my mouth, turned into water, straight on contact. And that's my favorite application of salmon I've ever had in my life. So I agree with you. But also, people don't always have that experience with salmon. So uh, I don't know. I guess I just got really lucky that I had really good raw salmon one time that trumped all other salmon applications. Yeah, the history, like salmon has only been eaten raw. I mean, I know you have like gravlax and cured salmon. And I do love, especially like a good cured salmon. To me, it doesn't even have to be like smoked. Like I just love cured salmon. I made my own um, pretty recently. But salmon as like a raw application in like sushi, sashimi, poke, all that. Like, it was literally from, like, a Norwegian yes. salmon salesman. We yeah, talked who's... about this. Yeah, so I, I'm always fascinated with these, like, new food discoveries that no one, you know, had for centuries until one guy was just like, let me try and make some money. Now we get opinions, like, salmon raw tastes superior to salmon cooked. Um, I, I really hate overcooked salmon. It's absolute garbage to me. Yeah, um, me but too. I remember the first time I had like a proper like mid to mid rare cook on salmon. My mind was completely blown, and I love a good crispy skin mid rare salmon that's just served like hot but still a little bit raw in the middle. Mm, juicy. It's delicious. I love a well cooked salmon fillet, but again, the best salmon experience I've had is that beautiful raw piece of sashimi. Mm, 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 mm. One of the best pork experiences I had was pork sashimi. 
Where was this? That was good. It was at Koshan, that fancy pig event. The dude just oh. had like a like a, a cured. It, it wasn't like it was like you know a, a normal cure like you would do for salmon. It was like a kind of like salt cured like pork that he was like slicing directly off of, and he hit it with mm-hmm. a little bit of like maldon uh, sure. and a little bit of olive oil. Hot diggity dang, that was good. <laughs> awesome. All right. At Toasterhood, I eat Doritos with cheese, guacamole, and Tostito salsa. I, I don't like dipping Doritos into dips. This makes sense. I understand this. The dip is on the chip. You don't need the cheese <laughs> with the Doritos because it's already cheesed. It's pre-cheesed for a reason. No, it's pre-cheesed. Josh, are you saying the, the flavoring on the outside is the dip? It clashes. It cl- I'm saying the flavoring okay, on the outside clashes. clashes with the dips, and that's where I take umbrage with it. I will, I will accept a hot sauce. On the Doritos where you you dump the hot sauce in the bag and you shake it. But I will not accept them being dipped into things. I stand by your decision. We had a whole, we had a freaking manifesto about this last time. About, uh, and, I, and I swayed you. Remember last time I swayed you a little bit? You did. You did. You yeah. did. You did. But I guess this Tom one just cuts too deep. The Doritos just too deep, huh? Yeah, don't touch my Doritos. Don't tread on my Doritos. Brayden underscore M says, I was served this in Mexico and it needs to be more popular. Mexican slash Spanish rice plus banana. Okay, interesting. Do you know, do you know what they call Mexican rice in Mexico? Rice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Arroz rojo? Arroz rojo? Um, con gondoles? With peas? Go, go, gondoles, I think. Gondules. Arroz con gondoles? Con gondoles. And that's that's like an islander thing, right? Like that's like a Puerto R- or I think it's Puerto-, Puerto Rican or Dominican, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oopsie, oopsie. I dig it. I know. I mean, what do you think the banana they're talking about are like the uh, like platanos? No, you know, I've seen like random. I don't know if this is legit or not, but like I think I've seen like mashed banana next to Mexican rice before, once or twice, like through like random like Instagram posts. I don't know about the validity of it, but if plantains taste good with Spanish rice, white camp bananas, right? I agree. No, I, f- I fully agree. I love that little bit of like sweetness inside of a plate. I was really craving a Salvadoran breakfast the other day. Oh, I had yeah. one at a place called Con Sabor in, in K-Town. It was nuts. One of my oh, favorite man. things I ever did. The squeaky uh, cheese, the squeaky cheese. Sque- you, get the, you get the squeaky cheese and you get the crema and it's not like sour cream. Like it's like that sweet Salvadoran crema. You get the, yeah, the yeah, plantains, yeah. you get the beans, the eggs, man. Oh. Uh-huh. Would kill for a good Salvadoran breakfast. Oh my gosh, I miss. I've only been there once, and it still resonates in my mind because I was like going on one of my solo trips. Because sometimes what I like to do is I like to just drive in random parts of Los Angeles by myself and just have like a dinner by myself or a lunch by myself so I can clear my head. And that was my favorite one I've done Dude, that, in like the that's past like, four years. That's like the best way to experience the city too. Just like drive around and find a place. Like don't don't look at all the lists. You know, no. just drive around, find a place, and like jump into it. It's not always going to be good. You know, but neither are the places on the lists uh, that as well. But you know, you'll have <laughs> yeah. some like fun experiences that you never would have uh, you never would have thought you'd have. Chase and I went to um, this random. I, I, I like especially along Burbank Boulevard as you're like driving out to Van Nuys. There's just so so many restaurants out there that serve so many different kinds of food. Um, and one because there's a lot of like Russian and Armenian and also like you know different like Latinx immigrant sure. communities over yeah. there and uh there are a lot of i believe it's a uh, durangense from the state of durango and there's okay. a place called gorditas durango and they served like a, a durango style hamburger that had like pineapple and ham and like yeah. you know jalapenos on it and stuff uh and traditional gorditas uh which is like you know really great but it was a very strange restaurant we were the chase and i were the only diners in there and we had to rely on chase's um spanish to get us through nice we got at 
Annavales. My wife used to crunch up a snack-sized bag of Doritos and eat them with a spoon. That is because your wife is a classy lady. She can't She's get smart. Doritos covered on her finger. She got stuff to do. She eat them with a spoon. Your wife is smart. I eat my chips with chopsticks sometimes because I don't have time to get my fingers dirty. I thought you said you eat chips with chapstick. I, I was like, that's smart. Stick. You dip the chapstick in the Doritos. They get stuck on there. And then the chaps, and then the Doritos are like an abrasive, you no. know, that kind of open up the pores on your lips. That's smart. It is that's not smart. an exfoliant. It's not an exfoliant. <laughs> exfoliant. That's abrasive is literally a cooking term. Like when you use like salt to grind garlic into a paste. Yeah, exfoliant. exfoliant. Well, it, it makes sense that I rub Crisco on my skin for moisture. And on that note, thank you for listening to A Hot Dog is a Sandwich. If you want to hear more from us here in the Mythical Kitchen, we got new episodes for you every Wednesday. If you want to be featured on Opinions Are Like Casseroles, you can hit us up on Twitter at Mythical Chef or Zada with the hashtag Opinion Casserole. And for more Mythical Kitchen, check us out on YouTube where we launch new videos every week. And of course, if you want to share pictures of your dishes, hit us up on Instagram at Mythical Kitchen. Josh, what's your address? I want to send you a penitone. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't actually say your address, bro. Why? The people should know. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs>